It's March Madness here on Inside the Nest. Kennesaw State men's and women's basketball begins its hunt for an ASUN championship with a couple of games this week against Eastern Kentucky. Coincidentally enough, the men at home for their first ever home ASUN conference tournament game while the women hit the road to Richmond, Kentucky. Noah Alexander joined by Jordan Griffith and Mateen Rad. We'll break it down next here on ITN. Okay, guys, exciting finishes to the regular season for both sides. The women come up short. The men defeat Stetson at home and just, oh, let one get away at the very end. But still a lot of fun to take away from the road loss at Liberty, uh, a team that won the East Division, Kennesaw State, make a lot of things there. Hey, you should have won that ball game at the end. Still feel good about that. We'll break all of that down here. But to start out with, it's here. March Madness is here for both of these teams and I like the matchups. Maybe it's just me. I like the matchup for both sides. How do you guys feel? I really feel the same way, Nolan. These are two teams and two games that they had played earlier in the season. And you look back at them and they both came off with losses. But you look back at those games and think, man, both of those could have really gone a different way if this had happened or if this had happened. Very small factors that those could have been very different games and they might play a part, very good chance in the playoff season. I thought the exact same thing that you guys were thinking, and especially because both of those games for both sides for the men's and women's were, okay, let, let's run that back. There were games like, okay, man, that's, that's kind of unlucky. The women had a pretty hefty lead in that game, and the men obviously going to triple overtime against Eastern Kentucky the first time around. It, it's one of those where – I wish they were in East Division this year because I would like to see them the second time around. This time, we're going to get it in a playoff atmosphere. Uh, I just I can't wait for it. And yeah, I, I really do like both these matchups for, for both teams. So the men are at home Tuesday, 7 p.m. Tickets are available right now. KSUowls.com slash tickets. The women are on the road Wednesday against Eastern Kentucky. So we'll be watching the women. We'll be at the men's game on Tuesday. Okay. In this matchup, again, we're, we're talking the matchup right now, starting with the men's side, since they're up first against EKU. The last time these teams played, triple overtime, triple OT, Kennesaw State came up just a point short. EKU fast forward now, a team that finished fifth in the ASUN West Division, and yeah, try to figure out how that makes sense. KSU East, Eastern Kentucky in the West Division. Yeah, geography. Finished fifth in the West. They defeated Bellarmine, beat Bellarmine handedly in that ball game, knocked down 14 three pointers. They lead the A Sun. They're fourth in the nation with 11.73 three pointers. Per game, they're third in the country in three-pointers made and first in attempts. They've attempted over a thousand this year, one thousand and one three-pointers on the year. Now I go back to KSU's last home game, guys, against Stetson. Stetson was lights out from beyond the arc in the first half. A reason why the Hatters led. Kennesaw State came back in that ball game. Big reason why their three-point defense. I don't want to say completely flipped the script, but almost did a 180 and shutting down the Hatters from beyond the arc. I think it starts with three-point defense. I know it's been a factor we've discussed a lot this year, but Eastern Kentucky is going to come to the combo looking to shoot the three. If the Owls have that defensive performance they had in the second half against Stetson, 
I really like KSU's matchup in this one. Something that I think is kind of underrated, you talk about EKU shooting a thousand threes. I mean, that's almost a joke in terms of like, you know, what are you going to do? Go shoot a thousand threes this year? No, yeah, that's exactly what they did. A thousand and one. I mean, that's it's insane that they can even do that, that a team is allowed to shoot a thousand threes. But something that's interesting, guys, is that their opponents this year have shot 700. And to me, that means that EKU is speeding teams up and that they are playing a quick tempo and that teams want to run up and down with them. They also are forcing them to shoot the three ball. Kennesaw State's going to take good shots. That's something that we've We've kind of seen throughout the year. There were times throughout, especially in the middle, I think, of this conference season where there wasn't the best shot selection. I think that has improved, I mean, tenfold throughout the season. You get young players that are starting to get quality minutes, quality shots, quality points under their belt. And the defense, like you said, Nolan, I mean, you have a Brandon Stroud, you have a Cason Jennings, Terrell Burton, Spencer Rogers, Chris Youngblood. Those guys aren't just scorers, and especially Brandon Stroud. These guys are elite perimeter defenders within the ace sun a, a thousand threes is again a, a tough it's just a weird thing a weird thing that a team can shoot that many threes and they're gonna stick to that and if EKU loses it's because they don't hit the three ball and again it's live or die by it Kennesaw State you're gonna have to play good perimeter defense if you want to beat them this time well Jordan I think defense is going to play just as big of a part on the other side of the ball. I mean you talk about Kennesaw State getting high percentage chances in their games and you're 100% right. But a big thing with Eastern Kentucky as well, they're almost in the bottom 10% of shots allowed field goal percentage wise in the nation. They rank 323rd allowing 46.3% of opposing shots to go in. And with them with Kennesaw State finding the right shots lately it might be a problem for the Colonels coming up. Well, when you shoot a thousand threes and the other team shooting 700, that tells you that those shots are coming up with a, un, within or under 10 seconds in the shot clock. And so that means you're getting a long rebound. And that means that guys, three guys are probably already down on the other side and you're getting easy layups. Or you're getting easy corner three. So when you shoot the three and you miss the three like that and you shoot it so quick, it's an easy layup on the other end in Kennesaw state is one of the most athletic transition teams in the A-Sun. Again, three overtimes last time. That was one of those games I'm like, all right, let's see it again. And that's I, I can't wait for it. And that perimeter, with them being on the perimeter so much, it might account for their low rebounding margin as well. I mean, opposing teams are getting four more boards per game than they are. Yeah, again, it, it all comes down to style. I mean, I know i said it a million times already, but I think it's, I don't think I've ever heard of a team shoot a thousand threes in a year. I mean, maybe NBA teams in 82 games, a college basketball team, a thousand threes in a year. Again, it, it changes absolutely everything. It, it's a completely different style. Kansas State has obviously faced them before, so they're not exactly foreign to the idea of facing a team that shoots this many threes. But it, it's a completely different cover than any other team in the A-Sun. One thing that has been similar as of late, that's the rise of Chris Youngblood. In the Stetson game, he played a big part when Kennesaw State turned that around in the second half, regained the lead, and then finished the game very strong. Stood up to the free throw line, made its free throws at the end, played solid defense against the Hatters, and then the game against Liberty finished with 17 points against the Flames in that overtime setback. Again, overtime, kind of playing off here. Overtime against DKU, overtime against the Liberty. Youngblood right now leads the team in scoring. I mean, just a shade under 14 a game, second on the team in rebounding. He's not the X factor because he's obviously 
number one, two on the scouting report for opponent teams. But it seems like as of late for Kennesaw State, it's with Youngblood, it's as you go, we go. And I think we've talked about this, Nolan, even on the broadcast throughout this season. It's almost unfair the treatment that Chris Youngblood gets from people like us because what sophomore in the nation outside of, you know, guys that go to Gonzaga or Duke, do you expect 14 points per game from? And you just kind of expect that to be, you know, he's going to shoot the ball well. He's going to shoot it efficiently. You know, he's going to play great defense and you know, he's going to rebound the ball. Like you said, second on the team in rebounding. He's a guard. He's a shooting guard specifically. He shoots it especially well from beyond the arc. Usually those guys don't get a whole lot of rebounds. Usually they don't work to get rebounds. Chris Youngblood has, and man, when he is on, and when I mean on, his on is a different level than other guys' best. It's special. And when he can do that, when he can go for, I mean, this is a guy that can go for 35 in a tournament. I'm going to put it out there. He can do that. He's that kind of special and can shoot that hot and become, again, that microwave that you turn on and you can't turn it back off. You know, there's no question that Youngblood can shoot the lights out of the building, but he's a multifaceted guy. And I think that was the difference in the two results that we saw this last week with Stetson and Liberty. I mean, you look at his line for that Stetson game, he's pulling down seven boards. He's playmaking. He's got three assists. Liberty let him shoot the ball, but they were able to keep him from being a factor in other areas. He only pulled down one rebound in that game and had zero assists on the night. So let's talk about that Liberty game just a little bit. Stetson game, KSU came from behind. And and the first time we saw that on the home floor where Kennesaw State mounted a comeback and then held on at the end. I think there's a handful of games you could go back to non-conference and conference. KSU had that second half comeback, but it just kind of got away from there at the very end. And then Liberty, it, it was a, a bit of a flip-flop there. Kennesaw State finished really strong, just got away in the final seconds, led to overtime, down some bodies with fouls. Liberty has the momentum at home, uh, couldn't get the road win. But putting on some black and gold colored glasses, I mean, you, you sit there and going into the Stetson game, there is a scenario where I think you could finish last in the division, right? And then you play the division leader, Liberty, and feel like you should have won the ball game. In a lot of ways, I think that gives you some pauses to build off of. It gives you a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth too, right? Like you're not coming in satisfied. You're coming in, you got a little bit of something about you, some anger. And lastly, especially on the men's side, a son's wide open. I don't care Liberty's record. I don't care Jacksonville State's record. You see who they've lost against, who they've struggled against as well. There is no question that this could be the year on the men's side in the A-Sun that somebody that doesn't get a bye sweeps through the tournament. And you said exactly what was on my mind right there. In college basketball specifically, it's not about necessarily who you play, but when do you play them? And the first time Liberty came into the combo, they faced the Owls when they weren't at full strength. That was probably the worst basketball they were playing this season. The second time around, Kennesaw State almost nabbed them. I mean, you lose in overtime to a Liberty Flames team who has been almost unstoppable this year. They do score 100 points, but you scored 93, and it took 47 for Darius McGee. Now, listen, Darius McGee is maybe the best player in the nation. I mean, if you want to talk about just the scope of college basketball, this guy might be the best player in the nation right now. 
But if you're telling me if you are going to face Liberty again in the tournament, is McGee going to have 47 again? I know it's possible for him to do that again, maybe even more. I would bet against that. And I think that's encouraging for Kennesaw State because you saw the daggers that they were hitting in the fourth in the fourth quarter as well as overtime. Kaysen Jennings and Spencer Rogers, they hit big threes late in that game. And that's something that you, you're looking to see going into the tournament. You get that momentum. These guys are hitting shots when they need to. Again, it didn't come up Kennesaw State's way this time, but I'm telling you guys, they're inching closer and closer to Liberty. It, the gap is not as is not as big as I think a lot of people out there think. Well, fellas, I think uh, I may have just found a a big inspiring factor for Kennesaw State in this upcoming tournament. Looking at Eastern Kentucky's website and their schedule, they already have Jacksonville State in on the slate for the quarterfinals. So maybe a uh, coach Amir Abdurrahim can show his fellas that and say. Look, maybe let that light the flame under you guys a little bit. Let's go and win this game. Interesting. You got the time on there and all of that. Hmm. Intriguing indeed. Intriguing indeed. Mateen bursts through the pregame huddle in the <laughs> locker room, takes out his phone, shows everyone, hey. Can you here. believe this? <laughs> hey, Al, Al's by 40 now. They see that? Al's by 40. <laughs> Well, it's going to be fun. Tuesday, 7 p.m., snag your tickets. The, you want to be there. You do not want to miss the first-ever ASUN Conference tournament game played inside the Convocation Center. Nolan Alexander, Jordan Griffith, and Mateen Radwithy will step aside for a short break, come back, and discuss the women. They're close to the regular season and what's ahead for them in the ASUN tourney. Next on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a Fifth Third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank. Welcome back into ITN. Nolan Alexander, JG, Jordan Griffith, and Mateen Rad. And guys, want to start out here as we transition over to the women's side. Uh, how to break the news to Mateen Rad here that JG just celebrated a birthday yesterday. And of course, Jordan, you did it on a call like a true broadcaster. Can't even really celebrate your own birthday because you have a game that you're working that day. Jordan, are, are you like a, a year wiser and older now? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm 24 now, inching my way to that quarter life crisis, and you know, it's feeling it's feeling every every birthday you get as you get older is like you, you do less things. And for me, I've always been an old man my entire life. That's just how I've been. And and just staying home last night after after calling a lacrosse game in the morning, 
I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know, what we have seven events in four days over this weekend. It was, is absolutely crazy. I'm like, you know, I just want to sit down. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I was like, I just want to sit down. You ate a bowl of oatmeal and went to sleep, huh? <laughs> oatmeal? <laughs> is that an old people thing? Is oatmeal, is that the old people right thing? Right now it's a mad team thing because I'm trying to watch my figure. <laughs> Do you have some porridge too? You know, uh, don't knock it till you tried it. You know, my cousin is Swedish and over there every morning you wake up and there's a huge breakfast and it's like a, it's almost like a charcuterie of breakfast. Mm. And it was porridge. You know what? It's it's almost like savory oatmeal. You know, you put some spice in there. And it's I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm not gonna lie. Maybe next edition of uh, ITN we can make some porridge, sample it on air. Hey, hey, look, don't tease me with a good time, Nolan. Well, let's talk about a good time. Conference tournament play for Kennesaw State women's basketball. The Owls, like the men's side, are also playing Eastern Kentucky, but they're doing so on the road. Wednesday guys break down how the regular season came to a close for the women uh the wins weren't there but I think there were some good performances and what do they bring into postseason play at EKU this week yeah I think 100% you nailed you hit the nail on the head Nolan even though they might not have gotten the results they wanted I think they closed out the season that you would want to the way you would want to in an effort sense uh only coming down to 11 points against Stetson a huge comeback for Kennesaw State scoring 24 points in the fourth quarter to make it somewhat uncomfortable for the Delay and Florida team. And of course, Liberty. I mean, you're going up against the best defense that this A-Sun conference has had over the past five years, pretty much since they came into the A-Sun. And they really made it close, really came down to the last possession in the end until Liberty could seal the deal. I think something that is somewhat overlooked as you look at the final stretch of games and going back to February 14th, now on the 28th when we're recording this, Jacksonville, FGCU, Jacksonville, Stetson, Liberty. I mean, you can make a case. I think if you exclude uh, Jacksonville State there, those could be the four best regular season teams in the A-Sun. And obviously a lot of those being in the East. And you have that last game, like the team was talking about, against Liberty where they did fall short. You lose by six points to, in my mind, the best team in the A Sun. And I think that is including FGCU. I think that could be a possible tournament tournament matchup. We'll see. But Kennesaw State is a team that controlled that game. I know that sounds weird because they lost. They lost by six, but they really controlled the tempo of that game. Liberty wasn't comfortable at all. And that does speak to how good that they are, that they weren't comfortable at all. And they still were able to hold for a, a fourth quarter win in that one. But Kennesaw State had a great game plan going into that. They knew they wanted to enter into the post. They started doubling down on the post in the second, from the second quarter down to the fourth, and it worked. And you had a player like Amaya Johnson who went off. And then you saw the emergence of Princess Harden for the second time. We've seen a few amazing games from her here in the convo. It's been special to see. And again, you go to that final game going into the tournament. You play the best team in the A-Sun in my mind. You could have beat them. That is about as good of a exit regular season game as you could hope for in my mind. And Jordan, I think what it really came down to a great performance against Liberty was how well they were shooting the ball. You know, a lot of times we've seen maybe low field goal percentages for Kennesaw State, even in wins. But 
43.5% shooting 20 from 46 from the field and shooting three for 10 from threes. That showed really how much they were able to inflict in the paint against a team that's really hard to inflict in the paint against, but also were able to shoot threes and Amani Johnson shooting all three of those threes for the team. I mean, what else can you say about Amani Johnson? It seems like you run out of describers. You run out of adjectives to describe this woman. You know, she comes off her season high against Stetson with 25 points just to go against the best defense in the league and put up 17 against them. She's phenomenal. You have to think that Kennesaw State making a run in this playoffs is going to be much to do with Amani Johnson. Something else in that game, they held Liberty to 63 points. You don't hold great offenses like that to 63 points. They were able to foul out Maya Berkman into the fourth quarter, early into the fourth quarter. She was pretty much a non-factor in that game. And like you said, I mean, you have Imani Johnson going off. It's something that we're used to seeing. But in the tournament, you're going to need one of those emergent performances from a player like Princess Harden or Jillian Piccolino or Gabby Legister in these games and again against EKU to start off this tournament game. You're going to need one of those performances along with Amani Johnson for them to be able to pull off not just one, but consecutive games in this tournament. And I think there's a lot of culprits you could look at. Once again, I think I talked about a few of them. I mean, Breland Snipes is another one. Piccolino, Legister, Harden. I mean, these are players that you can count on. And if they go off, Kennesaw State is a different team. You're 100% right, Jordan. I think looking at that Liberty game, you know, it's amazing to say this, you know, with how good this Liberty team was, the one advantage they had in that game was depth. You know, they had a great starting five. Everybody knows how great start the a starting five Liberty has. But when you're able to go to an Alyssa Iverson, to a Bella Smuda off the bench, and they're coming in and, and they're putting in 10 points, nine points, that was the one advantage they had in that game because everybody else, Kennesaw State, was making uncomfortable. You had one foul out with Maya Berkman. Kennedy Williams, their point guard, almost fouled out. D. Brown, who's one of the hardest working players in the league, almost fouled out. We made it really difficult for them to operate as Liberty does. And if Kennesaw State can come up with a game plan that's just as good for EKU as they did for Liberty, we're coming out of that game with a win. So the game here, Eastern Kentucky on the road this Wednesday for Kennesaw State Women's Action, the ASUN Conference Tournament. Also a rematch game. When these two teams played before, KSU led by seven at the half up in Richmond, Kentucky. And the Colonels came out in the second half, and, and they won the second half and ended up winning by 10. But again, I think this kind of plays into something that's good for Kennesaw State. You had experience to get this team. You know what worked. And as we've just talked about, it seems like there's just kind of like that one piece missing for KSU against some of these other programs where, in this case, I like the maturity of this team for how they've grown from that point when they played earlier in in the middle of a sun play to where they are now going up against EKU. Let's get right into what I think is going to be the biggest factor of that game, Nolan. It's been no secret that Kennesaw State has found it difficult to defend the three and defend the perimeter this season. But Liberty is a team that doesn't utilize the perimeter that much. That's been our best game over the past five team result. Take results out of the picture. One of the best results, one of the best games played by Kennesaw State women this season. You take that to EKU, another team that doesn't shoot the three particularly well, doesn't shoot it particularly often. The last time Kennesaw State played them, they shot five for 15. And in the second half, 
only put up eight three-pointers. So if they're able to do, again, once Liberty has a similar profile to Eastern Kentucky, mind you, Liberty is of a, a, a higher caliber. I mean, they're much more established in this league and their success is much more uh, notorious in the ASUN conference. But in terms of style, in terms of profile, these two teams are not that different. We talked all season, Mateen, about the three-point defense for Kennesaw State, but something that has kind of popped up in these last two games that I'm not necessarily concerned about, but I think is is worth watching is the rebounding margin. EKU rebounds about 39 times per game, Kennesaw State, or I think around the 34 number. But in that Liberty game, we saw Kennesaw State fight against much bigger players in Bellis Muda as a 6'5 center. You know, you're fighting with Jillian Piccolino and Gabby Lester are fighting down low along with Alexis Poole to rip boards away, and they earned every board that they got. If they come out with the same fight against EKU, a team that doesn't shoot a whole lot of threes, so that means the paint's going to be clogged. There's going to be around three or four different Eastern, Eastern Kentucky players down there. You're going to have to fight just as bad for these boards because there's going to be a lot of traffic down there. Kennesaw State's going to have to rip these boards down. They're going to have to get aggressive, crash with all five players down there. And I think that's going to be the key. And I think whether it's a win or a loss for Kennesaw State, the rebounding margin is going to tell that. And another thing is, you know, you have Josh A. Whitfield coming back into the lineup against Liberty. You know, we saw the heavy brace she had on her, her left elbow, but led the team in rebounds with seven boards had 10 points on a night and was a huge catalyst and a bunch of energy coming off that, that Kennesaw state team. So if she's a hundred percent, you bet she's going to be a factor. You know, she's playing some of her final games in a college uniform. So I expect Josh A. Whitfield to play a factor. And guys, is, is this provides a segue into our next segment before we hit a break and come back with our scoreboard segment I like the way the bracket plays out for Kennesaw State. And I think this may be the more kind of difficult thing to get things going on the road because the Owls in this ball game against Eastern Kentucky, you win, you take on Liberty. We just spoke about that matchup in depth, what we like about that. You win after that, you get either Jacksonville State who you feel like you should have won at home, and that got away for a young Kennesaw State team early in A-Sun play at home. Central Arkansas, that was a good matchup for the Owls. And then Jacksonville, another team where, again, it's not like you've been blown out in those games. And at home, they had a pretty big lead on the road, had some things that didn't go their way. I like this side of the bracket. Maybe just me, I like this side of the bracket. So I want to pose this question to each of you as we close this one out. Who is your pick for both the women and the men to win the A-Sun Conference Championship and you cannot pick KSU, okay? Because we're all going to pick KSU. We're all going to ride or die with the Owls, all right? But you're not allowed to pick KSU. Who else would you take out of the field to win the women and the men's matchup? I'll let you answer that first, Warren. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's so that's so tough. That's a great question. One team. And you know, I'm going to do this. No, I'm not going to do it. I want to I want to pick Stetson for the women's because I really think they are a uber talented team that nobody's talking about. But man, there are two absolute 
tanks of a team in this one with Liberty and FGCU. FGCU, Kirsten Bell is healthy now. Uh, to this may have me and Mateen talking about that one. But I, I think Liberty is going to come out for the women's. I do. That's that's the pick I'll take. But I do. I think Stetson's going to be there. I think that's a team that has a lot of talent that, again, not a whole lot of people are mentioning. They play great defense. That's a team that can, I think, mix paces well. And I think that's probably something that you need to do with Liberty and FGCU. So I'll, for the women's side, I'll take uh, I'll take Liberty for now, and I'll pass it to Mateen. I'll think about the men's real quick. I think you know if you're looking for a dark horse, because I you know you want to make things spicy. You know, I mean, could I pick FTCU to win the women's and Liberty to win the men's? Sure, but look, we want a spicy podcast. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to. We you, want you some want, savory oatmeal up in this. Exactly. You know, you, you want to have the porridge of picks. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Mateen Rad brings to the table. So w- what I'll say is what I've seen from the women's side this year is Jacksonville State has shown that they can really beat any team if they wanted to in ASUN. They have the ability to do so. And it's not that they haven't been given difficult games. They have run that Western division. They have run that Western Division. I know we've talked a lot about how much talent there is in the Eastern Division. But when it comes down to, you know, they're going to be playing the bottom half of the East, and then they'll probably, you know, come up against, you know, an FGCU on that side. I think they have the ability to beat everybody, and they're going to make things interesting in the end. They're definitely going to play a part in those final two games, final three games of the ASUN Conference Tournament. On the men's side, I think it's definitely a, a more interesting choice. You could probably put Jacksonville State in there too with the kind of season that they've had on the Western side. But I think who I'm going to give it to is unfortunately a, a, an Eastern Division rival for Kennesaw State, and that's going to be North Florida. North Florida has shown a bunch of fight, especially against Kennesaw State. They really impressed me in their game against us and showed what kind of team they can be which they haven't always been this season, really haven't been this season. But if they can play the way that the way I saw them play against Kennesaw State, they're going to prove to be difficult and could be a dark horse to to win a couple games in the t- tournament this year. <laughs> okay. Y'all uh, should have seen Jordan jump out of his seat when, when <laughs> Matine said you and I mean, I did not expect that was the East team he was going to pick. I mean, that's that was pretty shocking to me, I'll be honest. For the men's... I think this is a much more difficult pick. Um, you, I could just play it safe and pick Larry. But again, we like the we like the spice. I don't like to go with just the easy pick. Um, I would go with Central Arkansas because I think that's an, like Stetson. I think that's another very talented team, but they're not exactly playing their best basketball right now. Like I talked about earlier, it's all about when you play a team and you need to come into the tournament playing your best basketball. I think that's – I know they just lost to FGCU, but I think Jacksonville has been hot lately. And I think it's a team that has a lot of size and can make things uncomfortable for a lot of other teams. And if you can stop Darius McGee from Liberty, I mean, that's a, that's a team that I think can be beat by a team by Jacksonville. And we have to pick someone beside Kennesaw State. So I would, I would go with Jacksonville for the men's. I think their size – they can slow things down – in a way that I think other A-Sun teams beside Kennesaw State can't. So I would go I would go Jacksonville for the men's. Jordan, I just want a chance to defend myself so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> I never said that. Hold on, hold on. North Florida. 
North Florida winning four of their last five games of the season, including a run where they beat Kennesaw State, Liberty, and FGCU. They had a really bad loss against Jacksonville. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cap. But four of their last five games of the season were all W's for the Ospreys. Give them a shot. That's more than enough. You have to explain yourself to me, but that 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 is good reasoning, and I, I think you know that's the hot team right now. It's a good, not a bad pick. I was just I was just very surprised by it. Okay, women's side, Stetson. I think Stet again the to to remind everyone the question was who's going to win the A Sun Conference Championship, and you cannot pick Kennesaw State. Stetson. Okay, first. This is what Stetson did on their website, Mattine. They have their postseason against Bellarmine on Wednesday, 6 p.m. And then they have March 6th, Sunday, at North Alabama. Underneath, it says, if advancing. Okay, so they're not trying to go for that bulletin board material. They have in there, if advancing. They've lost once since the middle of January. Uno. Once. And that loss was on the 19th at Liberty, that was it. They won on the road. We know they knocked off FGCU when they were ranked. That was a revenge game for them. Their really slow spurt this year was when Kennesaw State won down at the Edmonds Center in Delan on January 15th, and they had lost to JU before, lost the game against Kennesaw State, and then lost to home against FGCU. Now, look, I don't know what was going on with the Stetson women's basketball team during that time. I know people were still dealing with the fallout of Omicron. Games were being scheduled around and everything. Maybe they weren't at their best. Maybe they were down a few players. But now they've lost once. Once. Since that stretch. And that was at Liberty. They're a hot team. They're going to be a tough out. That's my pick on the women's side. On the men's side. See, this is what FGCU would do to you, right? You want to pick FGCU. They're like, they, they're like, okay, they turned the corner. They figured some things out down there, down, down in Fort Myers. But then they go like one and out. They'd be done and make me look stupid. I like their first round matchup. I think they win. I think the Bellarmine matchup would be tough for them. However, I like FGCU against Liberty more than I like Bellarmine against Liberty. So... I'll take the Streaky Eagles. That would be my pick if it's not Kennesaw State to win the men's side. So I'll go FGC men's, Stetson in the women's side. I love how we all pick different teams. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And none of us are going to be right because Kennesaw State's going to win it, right? So. No, you're, you're exactly right. But I'm, I'm telling you, there's something about the Stetson women's team. You, you said it, Nolan. There's something there. I, I really think yeah. that they're going to give some teams some troubles. And there's, there's going to be some people talking about this team when it comes to the end of the tournament. No, you guys are absolutely right about Stetson. I think they have so many different areas where they shine. You you have someone like Tatiana Stroin who can really dominate the paint. You have Yaz Waziradine, who's probably one of the best players at forcing turnovers in Eastern women's basketball over the last five years. And you also have someone like, you know, the two Turners who have been extremely electric on the scoring side of the ball. Jemiah Turner having a double-double in their game against uh, – Kennesaw State, they're going to be a tough team. There's no doubt about it. They're going to be a tough team that I don't think anyone is going to want to go up against. Okay, we're going to step aside for a microwave minute. When we come back, the scoreboard section continues, and I have a confession to make as well. It's up next on Inside the Nest. 
We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Okay, I left you hanging. I have a confession to make. Two episodes of Inside the Nest ago. Here we go. During fact or fiction, your boy here, Nolan, pulled a doofus moment and read out two lies on accident. And it'd be great during our uh, <laughs> blooper reel in which you go back for all the inside the nest from football and basketball here. It's it's a great pet project for Jordan this spring um, to be able to pull all of our funny clips together. But I, I, I pulled a dumb moment. And so we teed it up afterward and we re-recorded it. It was just going to be a tough edit up against a wall, had a bunch of stuff going on. So teed it up and Mateen like fell on the sword. He knew the right answer and he just took the wrong answer. And like Jordan and I stared at each other like, what are you doing, dude? Like, why are you doing this? Take the points. Take the points. So y'all each get a point for that week. I, I've, I've given y'all points. Okay. So, Jordan, I know you got that. That may have been your first point. But uh, y'all each get a point on the scoreboard. Oh. So I, I, I just want to confess. And, and if you listened last week, the dudes made a reference to that as well. Just a sly reference. They did a great <laughs> job. They didn't throw me under the bus. I really appreciate the respect, especially when I wasn't present. Um, by the way, another sidebar thing. Um, had an ultrasound with my wife. Baby A is healthy. We're excited. It's awesome. Thank you all yeah. for support. There we go. Um, so hopefully my 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 future daughter won't um, make the same mistake that I did and <laughs> tell two lies on accident. I, I think the funniest part about it was they were both lies, and neither, neither one was true. I think it's harder to do that than to actually say two facts. Yeah. That's what I think was so funny about it, too. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to I wanted to set the scene there as we come up to our second to uh, our second to last scoreboard round here. So uh, guys, who is it? Is it Jordan? Is it the birthday boy that's got it today? Okay. Okay. Birthday boy. Let's hit us with some birthday facts here. Well, we want, would you rather first? Uh, would I rather have some tang? Yeah, I would. <laughs> Man, that was a great one. Man, that was, that was awesome. That was a good one. All right. This, I think these are both pretty good here this week, guys. Would you rather be forced to dance all day, every day, until you got a perfect score on Dancing with the Stars, or be forced to eat mashed potatoes until you get a perfect score on Beat the Chefs? One of those things makes more sense than the other. <laughs> Do you say that I have to eat mashed potatoes until I get a perfect score? Yeah. Every time you don't get a perfect score, you have to eat mashed potatoes. Oh, uh, okay. I see, I see. So it's just, just like Dancing with the Stars, but with potatoes. Well, I think the thing with Dancing with the Stars is I assume that means that I get to dance with a celebrity. Is that the way that it goes? Or do I have a, just a dance partner that's really good at dancing? No, you are Mustafa. You are the celebrity. Oh. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want the celebrity. You'd want, you'd want the partner that they, get, that they put you with. Because if you had a celebrity, I mean, you'd never get a perfect score. Here's the thing. If anyone had to eat my own cooking, 
there would be no one to give a score because they'd probably be dead. So in terms of dancing with the stars, I'm a much better dancer. Y'all both know that. And I would have someone who I just assume was a dancing expert of sorts to help me out and I could lean on as my crutch. So I might have to, I think I have to pick dancing. I'm going to go with dancing too. I am not as skilled of a dancer as Mateen is, as he showed us at the Convocation Center, but I do love to boogie. Used to get down. Uh, I, I would do that. And it's recent to me because um, they had some Bob Evans mashed potatoes on sale. Normally, look, I make my own mashed potatoes, but Publix had it on sale a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't finish it. Like, it took me four different nights of reheating it, and I got so tired of seeing mashed potatoes, so I, I can't think about mashed potatoes right now. I'll, I'll dance with Mateen. And yet again, guys, I'm going against the grain. I thought you both would pick the other one because to me in this situation, you have to continue dancing until you get a perfect score. Like to me, your best chance of getting that perfect score is the first one or two dances. Other, I mean, after that, you're gassed. You got no gas left in the tank. And for on the other side, looking at the beat the chefs, eating mashed potatoes is not going to affect my cooking skills. I'm not a great cook either. But if I do, if I'm able to smoke a pulled pork for them, I think I'd get a perfect score in the first first try anyway. Not to toot my own horn, but I think that's the one dish I probably could make. And again, eating mashed potatoes is not going to affect my cooking ability. After the first two or three dances, I mean, there's no way I'm going to attain a perfect score. I'm just going to be dancing for the rest of my life. I'll just, I'll never get it because I'll be so tired. Jordan, you think you'd be gassed by dancing all day? Dude, <laughs> tang. <laughs> It's the special stuff. It keeps you going. So, Mateen and I, uh, we watched some old uh, YouTube commercials of Tang in my office afterward. You need to go back and watch those. Okay. Okay. And there was an orangutan in in these commercials, or was it absent? Not the initial one back in, uh, I think it was from like 1964 or something like that. It was about advertising that it was astronauts drinking on the moon, and you can too. But the one in the 90s, it looked like the 90s. Uh, the one in the 90s had the karate orangutan chopping off all these different fruits into flavored tang. Just want to be clear, boys, that if an orangutan is in an, a, a tang commercial, it is an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know how many people. I've just been going up to and be like, hey, is it orangutan orangutan? And almost everyone said with the G at the end. I'm like, no. no the, you need, I'm starting to correct people. This Mandela effect is about to be reversed because of ITN. I mean, this is groundbreaking stuff. I also didn't realize Tang has been slaying the game since the 60s. I didn't know it was that old. Interesting. Yeah, they unofficial sponsor. On the moon, Jordan. On the moon. Hey, that's how you know for the moon deniers that it wasn't staged because they had Tang up there. That's it. That's that's what broke the case right there. Mm -hmm. No more doubts from people. All right. Would you rather? I think I think this is another good one. I'm hoping to get a point. My first real point. I've only gotten the one from fiction and fiction. Number one. (laughs) Germany discovers over 2000 tons of unexploded bombs every year or that dung beetles have a built-in GPS system that allows them to return home without ever looking up. 
Okay, here's the thing. I can repeat if needed. Did you say 2,000 tons or 2,000 pounds? 2,000 tons. Ooh, that's, that's a lot. Here's the thing. Germany, I, I think they would be more so like disposing of the bombs or sending bombs other places, considering their, you know, their, their war history. I don't think they'd be leaving much of that stuff on their own soil. And most of the time, people were kind of closing in on them. So I'm going to say I don't think that's the case. Dung beetles, I feel like they could probably just smell what's going on. And they could just smell where home is. You know what I'm saying? Because when – you know when home poop is different than away poop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I know exactly what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go with Bung Beetle on this one. I think that's fact. For different reasons, I will have the same answer. So, Jordan, this will allow you to potentially get a point since we're going to have the same answer. You got any reasoning, Nolan? Or is there a, a dung beetle? <laughs> is there a dung beetle reference you want to add on to Mateens or no? 2,000 tons? 2,000 tons. Now, I don't know off the top of my head how much a standard bomb would weigh. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself of what what I see in movies, okay? And I don't, I don't think those are each like a thousand pounds or anywhere close to that. I have a hard time believing that it's 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 that much. Um, I think that the country is changed or the number is fudged a little bit. Um, in the dung beetle one, I, I I think that's true because that's something that would probably be unique in how they're created. Because let's think about it, right? Those things are rolling up some dung. That takes a lot. And they still have populated. They're still here with us. So there must be something unique in their creation that would allow them to come back home and not end up on the other side of wherever the heck it is that dung beetles are inhabitants of. All right, so these, these are the final answers. Lock it in. All right. Locked. Well, I, I have the weakest point in ITN history, but now I think maybe the strongest one because you are both incorrect. I will even list off. I, I even have this, this paragraph that I want to I read off to you guys because I think it's insane. Is this, is this off Wikipedia? This is not Wikipedia. This is, <laughs> this, is the, this is some other source in the internet, which is always trustworthy. So... The fact that that goes along with this one. During World War II, the Allied forces dropped over a total of 2.7 million tons of bombs in Germany. Due to certain defects in their delay timers, a large number of bombs never exploded, around 10%, which is 200,000 tons. As they've been discovered in years since, it's routine for German citizens to be evacuated from buildings or sectioned off in streets while bomb expert handles the devices. You'd just be walking around, hey, there's a landmine. See, I feel like I definitely would have heard something like that before. That's so insane. what did you change on the dung beetle part? Oh, I just completely made it up. <laughs> I just was watching, I was watching, I think it's called The Elephant Queen on Apple. 
and it's got it had dung beetles. I'd never even really heard of one. I didn't know what it did. And I'm like, I'm just thinking. I'm like, how's it looking at the ground and just know where it goes rolling the dung? And I was like, well, oh, let me make that up. So I just it, is this what you did on your birthday night? <laughs> well, I watched the elephant queen. <laughs> no, this this actually I came up with last week, and uh, I was I was excited. I've been waiting for this, and you know what? The payoff feels good. It feels mm. good. Well, uh, I, I well okay for next week. I know it's on me to do. Would you rather and fact or fiction or fiction? And I want you guys to have the updated scoreboard going into it so we know what's at stake. Okay. See if Mateen is just fully swept this one or if there's any chance that one of us would have a shot at it. I'm definitely out of the I'm definitely out of the race. With two left, right? Is that, is that right? We got at least one more. We may do a we He's... may do a second one depending on how much Mateen's ahead by. I mean, I don't even know what your guys' score is, but I know Big mine's sense. two. And if mine's two, I don't I don't think I have unless we do, you know, double trouble, I don't think I'm gonna be able to catch up at any point. Which is okay. I have a title. I you know, I'm okay with it. We're looking forward to it next week. We are looking forward to postseason A Sun Conference tournament action. Kennesaw State men's basketball at home Tuesday, 7 p.m. KSUOUS.com slash tickets. Women's basketball on the road Wednesday at Eastern Kentucky. Watch on ESPN Plus. Or want to go up and support the ladies? Let's do it in Richmond, Kentucky, taking on EKU. For Mattine Rat and Jordan Griffin, I'm Nolan Alexander. And until next time, go out. Go out. Who are you?